This morning, we're going to be continuing our study through Hebrews, through the book of Hebrews. So go ahead and take your Bibles and turn to Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to be in Hebrews chapter 11. And while you're turning there, I will say this. It is a, a really special privilege and an honor to be up here preaching. Um, I'm really grateful for this opportunity. So my hope is this morning that as we dig into Hebrews 11, we're going to be in verses 4 through 7, my hope is that we'll see God working in us this morning. And I've got good news, because God does work through His Word. And so we're going to be in His Word, and He works through it. Um, So we can come expectantly this morning, looking forward to see how God is going to mold us into His image and grow us in our faith and change our hearts. So we're talking about faith again this week. Um, And if you were here last week, you heard Stephen preaching about faith that sees God's reality, faith that endures, and faith that trusts in God's Word. And that's what the beginning of Hebrews 11 shows us. It pushes us to look through these eyes of faith. Stephen talked about putting on glasses, the glasses of faith, because it changes the way that we see things. Faith allows us to trust in God with confidence. By faith, we see things the way they really are. And we can endure the sufferings of this world and we can trust in him and in his word. And through faith, the people of old, those faithful believers who lived long ago, through faith they received their commendation or their approval. They received a good testimony from God. Stephen called it um, their well done, good and faithful servant. That's what they received. And all throughout Hebrews 11, we see these people of old living out their lives of faith. These men and women are examples of what it looks like to have on these glasses of faith, if you will. It changed their lives, and it'll change our lives if we're truly looking through things, or looking at things through the eyes of faith. So look at Hebrews chapter 11. I'm going to start back in verse 1. That'll give us kind of a running start into our passage today. So this is Hebrews 11, beginning in verse 1. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it, the people of old received their commendation. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous. God commending him by accepting his gifts. And through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death. And he was not found because God had taken him. Now before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. By faith, Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By this he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, this morning, in these few minutes, would you open our eyes that we might behold beautiful, wonderful things in your word. 
Would you make your word clear for us and would you help us to understand how your word, how it applies to us? Would you not let us leave here the same way? And Father, I pray for those who may be here this morning who aren't followers of you, who do not have the faith that I'll be speaking about, that your word teaches us about. Would you draw them to yourself today as we learn of you in your word? And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So if we were to look at Hebrews 11 as a whole, you'd see name after name after name after name of men and women who had faith. That's why we call this the faith chapter or the hall of faith. Um, that's the one common thread that just weaves its way through these verses. And, and it's, it's the individuals that had faith that give us all these examples. All of these examples show us different ways that they lived in faith, how they banked their hope on God, how they had faith that changed the way they lived. And last week, one of the things we learned was that faith sees God's reality. It's not a blind faith, right? It's not a leap into the dark. It's a confident trust in God. Where you put your faith matters. I could say that I have faith that one of the babies over there in the nursery could save me from a burning building. I could say that, but that's a terrible idea because I'm a really big man and they are little babies. They're not going to pull me out of a burning building. My faith or my trust would be in the wrong thing, in this case, in a baby who can't save me. And that's foolishness, right? But throughout Hebrews, we're going to see over and over these examples of people who had faith in the right person. They had faith in God himself. And so this morning, from the very beginning, from these opening minutes of the sermon, we're coming to our very first application. Here's a question for us this morning. Where is your faith? And don't just give the Sunday school answer. What are you really trusting in today? Is your hope in the right person? Are you banking all your faith in Jesus Christ? Or are the things of this world, the people, the treasures of this world, Perhaps they're fighting for the attention of your heart. And are you sometimes trusting them instead of Christ? These are the kinds of questions that we should be asking ourselves all the time, probing into our hearts to see where we're forgetful or perhaps lazy or worldly-minded because the temptations are for sure there, right? If we're honest, um, we need this consistent reminder to persevere in the faith, to keep believing, to keep our hope fully on Jesus. And today's verses build on what we learned last week, that faith sees God's reality, that it endures, and that it trusts in God's word. And this morning, in verses 4 through 7 of chapter 11 of Hebrews, we get to look at three individuals, three testimonies of those who had faith, who persevered in their faith, who endured in their faith, who saw God's reality through eyes of faith and trusted in his word. So look back at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4, and let me read that for us again. This is verse 4, and we're going to look at our first example, a man named Abel. It says, By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous, God commending him by accepting his gifts. And through his faith, Though he died, he still speaks. So let's just camp out here for a few minutes, 
We're going to take our time because I want us to dig into each of these individuals and see why they're listed for us. Why are they in Hebrews 11? You see, some people look at people in the Old Testament like kid stories, perhaps, or morality tales, something that tells us, oh, this is a good way to live. Um, But these individuals really lived, and the things that were written about them were written for us, for us today here in Hickson, Tennessee. They shape the way that we think. They influence the way that we act. And the story of Abel is a powerful example of a faith that worships God and ultimately leads to righteousness. So that's actually the first point I'm going to make in this sermon. Faith leads to righteousness. So if you're taking notes, that's what you want to write down. Faith leads to righteousness. And we see that idea all throughout Scripture, not just here in Hebrews. We see it in the Old Testament. We see it in the New Testament. Just before Hebrews chapter 11, back in Hebrews 10.38, it says that the righteous one shall live by faith. Paul says the same thing over in Romans 1.17. He says the righteous shall live by faith. And in the Old Testament, the prophet Habakkuk says this too. In Habakkuk 2 verse 4, he says the righteous shall live by his faith. This is something we see over and over again. And over in Romans chapter 3, Beginning in verse 21, listen to what it says in Romans 3, 21 and the beginning of 22. But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. So Romans 3 reminds us that the Old Testament bears witness to this idea that the righteousness of of God comes through faith, and Abel's story is one of those Old Testament witnesses to this, that faith leads to righteousness. So turn in your Bibles, flip all the way back to Genesis. Um, We're going to be going back and forth to Genesis a lot today, because the three individuals that we're talking about in Hebrews 11 are introduced in Genesis. So go to Hebrew, I'm sorry, go to Genesis chapter 4, and as you turn there to Genesis 4, I'll set up this story. It's a familiar story. Adam and Eve, the first humans on earth, have rebelled against God. They were cast out of the garden that God had created. And after this, they have two sons, Cain and Abel. And in Genesis chapter 4, verses 1 through 10, we see the short life of Abel, who is listed in Hebrews 11 as a man of faith. Look with me at Genesis 4. I'll be reading verses 1 through 10. Now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, saying, I have gotten a man with the help of the Lord. And again, she bore his brother, Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep, and Cain a worker of the ground. In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground, and Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock, and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, but for Cain and his offering he had no regard. So Cain was very angry, and his face fell. The Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry, and why has your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is contrary to you but you must rule over it. 
Cain spoke to Abel, his brother. And when they were in the field, Cain rose up against his brother Abel and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, Where is Abel, your brother? He said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? And the Lord said, What have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. And that is the story of Abel. He brings an offering to the Lord from the firstborn of his flock of their fat portions. And God receives that offering. It says the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering. And if you jump back over to Hebrews 11, go ahead and do that now. You see in verse 4 one of the details of Abel's offering. It was an offering made by faith. Hebrews 11.4 By faith Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain through which he was commended as righteous. God commending him by accepting his gifts. And through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. So Abel acted in faith. He, he, he was offering the sacrifice that was received by God. God commended him as righteous. That is, he gave a testimony or bore witness that Abel was righteous. And he was commended not because of some legalistic earning of righteousness. It says that he was commended by faith. Hebrews 11.2 blankets all of this and says that the people of old received their commendation. It was by faith that the people of old received their commendation or their approval. That was true of Abel. And that's true of us today. We know that. If you look over at Ephesians 2 verses 8 and 9, it tells us by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not as a result of work, so that no one may boast. It's never been about earning righteousness. It's always been about God's grace coming to his people through faith. And that leads to righteousness. So that's the story of Abel that's laid out for us as an example of faith. By faith, Abel offered the sacrifice to God. And in the end, Abel was commended as righteous and he was murdered. And yet it says in Hebrews 11:4, through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. We learn from him. We learn from his faith, right? But this is a really messy story. It's not a hallmark ending, is it? You'd think that someone who was commended by God as righteous, whose sacrifice was accepted by God, you'd think he'd not get murdered. And yet last week, we learned that faith is something that endures. Faith perseveres till the end. And I think this example of Abel is powerful for us today. It leads us towards a persevering faith, a true faith, a faith that really banks all of its hopes on God alone. It's a faith that leads to righteousness. This is what we learn from Abel, and this impacts the way that I think that we live each and every day. Are we going to live by faith? Is that what we're going to do? Are we going to trust that true righteousness comes through Jesus Christ? Is that where our hope is? Too often I find myself kind of drifting, drifting towards wanting to trust in circumstances or wanting to put my hope in receiving the praise of others, or wanting stuff, material things, possessions, the treasures of this world. But Abel speaks to us a better way. 
a way that shows us the only way to righteousness, a way that is better than life itself, and it's a way of faith. Look back with me now at Hebrews 11, and we're going to look at our next character. This is Enoch in verses 5 and 6. It says, By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death, and he was not found because God had taken him. Now before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God, and without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. As you look at these verses, I want you to pay special attention to just a few key words. Just like with Abel, and like we saw in verse 2 last week, this word commended is a word that has to do with bearing witness or testifying. God commends or gives approval. He testifies about Enoch. And here's what he says. It says that Enoch pleased God. So the word that we translate as commended, that's another thread that runs through these verses. And it shows up again towards the end of Hebrews 11. It says in Hebrews 11.39 that all of these, and I think that's including all of the individuals in the whole chapter, it blankets them all and it says that they were all commended through their faith. And I think something that's neat about Enoch is that his, his commending or this, this bearing witness about is connected to the idea of pleasing God. With Abel, he was commended as righteous, God commending him by accepting his gifts. And now with Enoch, it says that he was commended as having pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. This is the focus of these two verses. That's our second point. Faith pleases God. Faith pleases God. And I think we see this in the life of Enoch. Now, before we unpack Hebrews 11 a little bit more, let's go back to Genesis, this time to Genesis chapter 5. So flip back there, and we're going to take a look at Enoch's life. And as you turn there, I'll give you a little background to what's going on now. We just learned about Cain and Abel. That was in Genesis 4, right? And we saw the faith of Abel, and we learned of the sinful way of Cain. And in the book of Genesis, what happens in Genesis 5 is pretty gripping, Earlier in Genesis, God had promised that as a result of the fall, as a consequence of disobeying God's command, there would be a terrible punishment, death. And when we start reading Genesis 5, what pounds its way repeatedly into our minds is this phrase, and he died. It tells about Adam, and then it says, and he died. It tells about Seth, and he died. Enosh, and he died. Kenan, And he died. And the list goes on and on, passing through the generations of humanity. Death, death, death. And he died, and he died, and he died. Until we get to verse 21 with the brief story of Enoch. Look with me at Genesis 5, verse 21. When Enoch had lived 65 years, he fathered Methuselah. Enoch walked with God after he fathered Methuselah 300 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus, all the days of Enoch were 365 years. Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. That's our story. That's what we see in Genesis 5. 
about Enoch. You get a few quick verses in the middle of a genealogy that focuses on death. And what we learn about this guy is that he didn't die. Instead, God simply took him to be with him. And this is something that is quite unique. Um, God taking someone to heaven without them dying only happens one other time in Scripture. If you want to learn about that, you'll uh, just jot down 2 Kings chapter 2, verses 9-12. through 12. You can go read the story of Elijah in 2 Kings 2. But here in Genesis, we see this story of Enoch, and it tells us very little about him. However, I think that what it does say is of huge importance. And maybe you noticed this as we read through that. It tells us twice that Enoch walked with God. Enoch walked with God. That's what he was known for. And if you jump back over to Hebrews 11, it talks about Enoch being commended by God as having pleased God. Look at Hebrews 11.5. Let me read that again for us. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death. And he was not found because God had taken him. Now before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. And this, this might have been enough for us. The writer of Hebrews has given us another incredible example from the Old Testament, an example of faith that pleases God, a life that is spent walking with God. But that's actually not where this section ends. If you look at Hebrews 11, verse 6, the idea continues. It says, And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. So here's a huge sweeping theological statement. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. It's not that it's unlikely. It's not that it's like one in 10,000 please God without faith. No, it's impossible to please God if you don't have faith. And that should be pretty sobering to us because it's still true today. And we know Scripture says tons of things about faith. It tells us in Romans 14, 23, whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. Philippians 1, 29 says that the act of believing, of having faith, is something that has been granted to you for the sake of Christ. Romans 10, 17 says that faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. And we've already seen over in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, the idea that by grace you have been saved through faith. All of these things are profoundly true. God's word teaches us so much about faith, about trusting in him alone. And here in Hebrews, we get yet another really vividly clear statement about faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. And the verse continues, I think making it super clear. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Do you want to draw near to God? Do you want to walk with Him like Enoch walked with Him? The only way to do that is through faith. You must believe, that is, have faith that God exists. And you must believe that He rewards those who seek Him. I think that's interesting. The first part seems almost like common sense. I mean, obviously, if you're going to have faith in God, 
then you have to believe that God actually exists, right? It's not rocket science. But I think the second part is equally important. Are you going to believe that God keeps his promises? That he rewards those who seek him? If you're going to please God, then you have to believe that God exists and actually trust him. You see, even the demons believe that God exists, and they tremble for it. If you were to look at James 2.19, you'd see it says, You believe that God is one. You do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. If you're going to draw near to God, you have to believe that he exists, but also trust that he will keep his promise to reward you. John 3.16 is probably the most well-known Bible verse in the world. And there's a reason for that. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Here in John 3.16, we see the promise of reward, eternal life for all who believe. So as you think about this today, what does your faith look like? Are you someone who pleases God with your faith? Someone who draws near to God? Someone who takes your definition of faith from the Bible? Are you someone who believes that God exists and that he rewards those who seek him? Or are you in some other camp? Maybe you're in a camp that doesn't believe at all. Or perhaps more dangerously, you believe in your own way. Like the demons, you might believe that God exists, but do you trust him to keep you eternally? Maybe you believe in an idea of God, but you don't believe in God himself. And I think this is a danger, a danger especially here in the South in so many churches where pretty much everybody's grown up in church or gone to a vacation Bible school or at least sung Amazing Grace. And there are people who maybe even are listening right now who would say that they believe but it's their own version of belief. And Hebrews 11 would say that without God's version of faith, the version we see in Scripture that believes he exists and rewards those who seek him, without that kind of faith, it's impossible to please him. And I think that's a challenge for us today. So do we seek God? Do we walk with God daily? Do we please God? Do we believe? Do we have this kind of faith? I think these are the faith-centered questions that flow from these verses about the life of Enoch. Enoch pleased God. And there is a path for us to walk that pleases God. And it's a way of simple faith. A faith that believes both in the existence of God and in the fact that he is a God who rewards those who seek him. That leads us to our final example this morning. So in Abel, we've seen that faith leads to righteousness. With Enoch, we've seen that faith pleases God. And now we're going to look at the life of Noah and we'll see that faith follows God's word. That's our third sermon point for the day. Faith follows God's word. Look with me at Hebrews 11, verse 7. By faith, Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear, constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By this he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. 
Of all our examples this morning, I think Noah is by far the most famous. I mean, he's got toys, children's books, fluffy stuffed animals, coffee mugs, right? You can even buy a Noah's Ark piggy bank. So he's pretty popular. Um, But Noah isn't mentioned in Hebrews 11 because of his popularity or his marketing. Noah is mentioned as an example of faith. So let's talk about Noah's faith. Turn in your Bibles again to Genesis, this time Genesis 6. If you're paying attention, we've been in Genesis 4, 5, and 6. The author of Hebrews is just walking us through these examples. So Genesis chapter 6, and we're going to look at verses 8 and 9, and we're going to see a couple things that I think are really important in the life of Noah. This is Genesis 6, beginning in verse 8. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his generation. Noah walked with God. I think it's interesting that one of the very first things that we learn about Noah is that he found favor or grace in the eyes of the Lord. And that's significant. All of Noah's obedience stems from his faith. That's why he's listed in Hebrews 11. But it seems that his faith stems from the grace of God. Before we see that Noah was righteous or blameless or walking with God, before all that, we see that God had grace on Noah. Richard Phillips, in his commentary on Hebrews, he takes a look at Genesis 6 verse 8, and this is what he wrote about Noah. Indeed, God's grace was the source of his faith, which in turn was the motivating power behind his works. Let me read that again. Indeed, God's grace was the source of his faith, which in turn was the motivating power behind his works. Grace leading to faith, leading to obedience. You see that as you look at Genesis 6-8, where he has grace or favor on Noah, And then later in Genesis 6.22, we see that Noah did all that God had commanded him. So we see obedience to the word of God. And in Hebrews 11, where we've been studying, we get this behind-the-scenes picture of Noah, and it tells us that this obedience stemmed from his faith. Hebrews 11.7, By faith, Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent Fear constructed an ark for the saving of his household. It was by grace, through faith, that Noah stepped out in obedience. And that's our testimony as well. In Ephesians 2, verses 8 through 10, it says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Like Noah, who received grace and lived in faith and did the good works that God had prepared beforehand for him, like Noah, we are a people, a church here in Hickson, Tennessee, who have received God's grace. And who have these incredible examples written for us in Hebrews 11. And we have the opportunity 
to follow God's word. So the question for us is this. Can we say the same thing about ourselves as we read about Noah? That he did all that God commanded him. Or are we more of the half-hearted, half-job kind of people? We like the idea of faith, or even of righteousness, or even of walking with God. But we shy away when it comes to this disciplined obedience. Maybe that's one of your struggles today. In Noah's life, faith led to obedience. And that's true today as well. Faith follows God's word. So I think if you have someone who's not following God's word, then you actually have someone who's not exercising faith. James 2, verses 4 through 16, if you were to read that, you would see that it teaches that faith apart from works is dead. Faith that exists, that is alive, that is real, is a faith that acts, that lives out what it claims to believe. There's not another option. And so Noah gives us this incredible and I think convicting example of a faithful life that followed after God. Now look back with me at Hebrews eleven seven again. There's just a couple more things I want to point out. The beginning of the verse says, By faith, Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear, constructed an ark for the saving of his household. Something that I think is really neat um, about this verse is that Noah was warned by God about things as yet unseen. That's the seeing language. Um, it should be familiar to us. It showed up last week in Hebrews 11.1 1, where it says that faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Noah was warned about something that was unseen. It hadn't happened yet. In fact, it probably had never even rained at all. But Noah had faith in God and obeyed his word. I think that is just worth pointing out. And then at the end of Hebrews eleven seven, it says this, By this he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. Faith leads to righteousness. In this verse it says that Noah was an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. It's an inheritance of righteousness. And the same is true for us today. We who have believed in Jesus Christ have this same inheritance of righteousness. Like Noah, we who believe in Jesus are heirs of the righteousness that comes by faith. Amen to that. So as we finish our study this morning, I think we've seen a lot. We've seen in the story of Abel that faith leads to righteousness. In the story of Enoch, we saw that faith pleases God. And in the story of Noah, we saw that faith follows God's word. So may we learn from these examples and be a people of faith, filled with righteousness, pleasing to God and following his word. And yet I know that in this room, there are likely a number of you who don't truly believe and follow Jesus. You may know that Jesus is the Son of God, you may know that he lived a sinless life, that he died on a cross, bearing God's judgment against sin, that he rose from the grave, conquering death. You may know all of these things. You may know that it's only through faith in Jesus that you can be forgiven of your sin, made righteous before God, and become his child forever. 
you may know these things. If not, you've heard them now. And these things are true. But will you believe these things? Will you believe that God loved the world so much that he really did give his only son so that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life? If you believe this, this changes everything. Through faith, you are brought near, made righteous. You please God. You are equipped to follow his word with a heart of faithful obedience. So may this be true or become true of every one of us this morning. Look with me again one last time at Hebrews 11 verses 4 through 7. And I'm going to read this passage to us again at the end of the sermon. And my hope is that this time around, it'll mean something a little bit more to you. That will have been shaped a little bit by God's word. That will understand it a little more deeply. So look with me again at Hebrews 11, 4 through 7. Hear then the word of the Lord. By faith, Abel, by faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous, God commending him by accepting his gifts. And through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death. And he was not found because God had taken him. Now before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. By faith, Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear, constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By this he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. And now listen to Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. I'll conclude with this. These verses come immediately after Hebrews 11, which is filled with all of these examples of men and women of faith. And after sharing these stories and reminders of faith, the writer of Hebrews tells us this. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Let's pray. Father, I pray that the lives of Abel and Enoch and Noah encourage and challenge us today. Would they encourage us to live lives full of faith in response to hearing their lives' stories? May we lay aside every weight of sin. May we run with endurance the race that is set before us. And all the while, may we look to Jesus, 
who is our source of faith and grace. And it's in his name I pray. Amen.